from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside a special episode of On the Board. I'm Colby McKee. Somewhere in the universe, Corey Bacoskis is there. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good. No Lance Dahl today. He's, he's taking no the Lance off, Dahl. Yes, that's right. Uh, in his place, however, our first ever uh, two-time interview on the podcast. Uh, goaltending coach with Mesonet Tigers, Matt Wong joins us. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm going to do my my best to uh, fill the void of uh, Lance. I'm going to miss him tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, we it are as well. But <laughs> yeah, too. We'll, uh, we'll power on without him. I guess we'll first start off with. Uh, how are you doing? How is the family doing? And what sort of things are keeping you busy during this quarantine time? I'm good, man. Life is pretty uneventful. Um, fortunately for me, not much has changed a whole bunch. I have another job that I work at. So now that the hockey season is uh, done and over, I'm doing that full time. Uh, other than that, just, you know, starting to do a little bit of season planning now that the draft is over and everything like that. And catching up on some hobbies that I don't get to do a lot during the, the hockey season as far as, uh, you know, I like playing the guitar and catching up on Netflix. I watched, uh, you know, Tiger, Tiger King was a good one and Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. Just want to get that out there <laughs> that she did it. And uh, I, <laughs> I'm on the Chicago Bulls one now, which is also pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. That That's is a deadly documentary. I've gone yeah. through it all. You uh, you mentioned the guitar playing a little bit on Instagram. You're quite a quite a bit of a country fan, I hear. Big country fan, <laughs> and definitely got a little bit of uh, that going on Instagram. Yeah. Jumping into uh, hockey, I guess. Um, what were your thoughts on the overall season? Obviously, it, it started a, or it ended a little bit too early than we all would have liked. But um, it's I thought we had a great run through the season. Uh, give us your thoughts on on the overall um, feeling going through that season. Yeah, I, I agree, Corey. Um, you know, I'm somebody that's that's not easily satisfied, but I think when we look back on it, we can say that it was a successful season. I mean, we we won 41 games. We finished second in the conference. We played exciting hockey with exciting players of the likes of Hamlin and Kemp and Chizowski and Sillinger and Spakovsky when we acquired him. You know, we had great depth. Uh, from top to bottom, we had a solid core of defense and had a great tandem and goal that did their part. So I don't think a team can win 40 plus games in any league without all those things culminating together. So I think the 50th anniversary season is one that we can all be proud of. I would tend to agree with that as well. Uh, you mentioned the 41 wins and and the entire you know list of players basically you went through. Is there a couple guys uh, in terms of your side of things that really broke out and you were really surprised? I know this is your first official season with the team, but uh, a couple guys that really surprised you with the, their play and their, their progression as young players? Yeah, like you said, uh, Colby, it was my first year, so everybody was new to me. But it was it was it was interesting and kind of cool to get to get to know all the players and see them progress throughout the year. Just just a few guys that stand out. The young guys. I know the first time that I ever saw uh, Cole Sillinger shoot the puck, it was in practice, and he still had the full still had the full cage on, and he he shot the puck, and the puck I swear came out of the net just as fast as it went into the net, and I was like, holy smokes, who is that? So after I'm looking through the sheets and I see who it was and I go holy moly like he he has an elite level shot and he's going to be an elite level scorer and it's gonna it'll be fun to follow his journey as as we go through the years here 
you know, Kemp and Chiz are good buddies off the ice and, and great. That, that was a great line of those three. Obviously, Jimmy, a, the heart and soul of the team. Um, Drew, Drew Krebs on the back, I thought, had a great year for for a 16 year old and and, and Brooklyn and goal too play great when when he was called upon so I think I think the future's bright for our team um, I guess give us a perspective on the the coaching staff. There was a, a few new members to the coaching staff. Obviously, you and, and Samit was a first year, and obviously uh, Willie Desjardins first year back. Um, what was that kind of dynamic at the start, and how did it grow throughout the season? It was good. It was really good. Willie's easy to work for. You know, such such a nice, humble man. Incredible knowledge. Um, you know, I can't, I can't. I could. We could sit here and talk about Willie for for a really long time. Tremendous coach. You know, ha- has the respect of of the players right when he walks into the room. So it was cool to see how he was able to to get the most out of our group. I think you know he was able to suck every last ounce of ability that that he had out of the group. So nothing but good things to say about my experience with Willie and obviously Samit made all of our lives easier with the video stuff that that he was able to do, which was a big change for from what I was used to in in past years. So uh, very grateful for the work that Samit did behind the scenes with the video and stuff like that. In your world, obviously being a goaltending coach, uh, the two main cogs uh, in the crease there, Garen Bjorklund, you mentioned already, and Mad Sogard. Uh, kind of give us your thoughts on you know the tale of, of seasons between the two, and um, obviously Garen started out with like a firecracker, you know, a lot of victories right off the hop uh, in his rookie season, and and Mad, I, I guess a, kind of an outsider point, kind of had his ups and downs throughout the season. But give us your overall thoughts on on your two main goaltenders. Maz was fine. I think the biggest thing that stands out is that he continued to grow and he got better as the year progressed. And it goes back to one of the things that I learned from being on three different championship teams is that you don't need to have the best goalie on day one because nobody wins anything on day one. You have to have the best goalie on the last day. And if you look at his last eight, ten games, he was awfully hot. He was on the way there. Um, you know, as, as far as some adversity throughout the year, I think that some of that was definitely there, but I think he dealt with it fine. And I think there's two ways you can go with that. You can you can sit and pout, or you can you can go to work and you can find ways to get better. And and he definitely did that. And I think the adversity is going to be helpful for him going forward. If if he ever runs into uh, something like that again, he can use it as kind of like a checkpoint, and he can look back on and and figure and see how he got himself out of it. So all the credit to him. Uh, when we, if we shift gears to to Bjorks, I think the record speaks to itself. I think he was awesome. Um, I really like Bjorks. I have a great deal of of belief in him. And it's a tough league for young guys, and we asked a lot of him. I didn't like ever referring to him as the backup goalie because he proved to be a lot more than that. But uh, you know, out, out of your so-called second guy, if, if when you can get twenty wins and forty-one points, like. That guy did the job, so he, he was worth his weight in gold as far as I'm concerned. You know, took over when Mads was gone there in December, went 4-2 and two in that stretch with three really tough wins on the road against Lethbridge and Saskatoon and PA. Um, he's achieved everything that he wanted to achieve this year. There's, there's one thing left, and hopefully we get to find that out in June.
Yeah, definitely. That would be very nice if we can get uh, another drafted goalie there. Um, sure. I guess to explain the relationship between those two, um, describe it. Are, are they two guys that, that really drive each other to, you know, better each other each day? For sure. They get along really well. So that's that's nice when you can have uh, two goalies that kind of compete against each other like that for the net and they get along really well. So uh, you, you said it best, Corey, in practice every day, the, the two guys are pushing themselves and both are competitive guys, both hate losing and those those competition games and practice were fun watching those two go head to head. You mentioned uh, when we first talked to you before the season how um, you know in a, in a league like this, it's very difficult to have one main cog. You, you mentioned it like you don't even consider Garen the backup, and the way the the season schedule played out. Obviously, Mads was away there in December, but uh, the, the games played between the two were very similar, and uh, obviously both had their successes uh, in the win total as well, but just like the, the work uh, that both the goaltenders put in uh, for the team was, was very admirable, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was a nice luxury to have that I don't think I don't think a lot of teams have that. That uh, you know, we, we were always going to be fine with no matter who we decided to go with, we were always going to have a chance to win the game. And if something would have happened to one of them, injury or, or something along those lines, we were always going to be fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look at the the Vancouver Giants last year. I think a big reason why they got to, to Game 7 um, in the WHL Final last year was because they had Miner and Tendek. They could run either one, and they did it in the playoffs, too. Just having two goalies that can um, come in and get a win, that's got to be huge in the WHL. Yeah, that's a good example. That's a good example, and it's uh, I think it's a testament to the organization on continuing to uh, draft well and, and build from within and, and develop. So, you know, we, we have those two but you can't just be happy with that uh, you always have to be one step ahead so we were able to we were able to take that step with the signing of Beckett so we'll uh, we're, we're well on our way here in the future years well we'll jump right ahead to the Beckett signing Beckett Lane Kyle signs of the Tigers about two weeks ago uh, we've been hyping him up here on the podcast ever since he performed so well at last year's rookie camp he really put on a show there uh, for one of the teams he had very good numbers out in Fort Saskatchewan there in the in the AMHL had 20 games and a 9.34 save percentage, a 193 goals against. Uh, you obviously saw him at last year's rookie camp. What do you what do you see? What do you like out of his game? Some positives and negatives, and and where do you see him in the next year or two? Because he is a 17 year old coming in. Well, we're excited. We're excited about Beckett, and we, and we really like him. Like you said, he showed some he showed some good stuff at camp, and he had a tremendous year in midget AAA. So we felt good about signing him, and we're we're excited for him to be a part of the program moving forward here. He's a neat kid. Very quiet. Don't, you don't get many words out of him. Very calm. But uh, but I don't think anybody can let that silence fool you. He's, he's got that competitive fire that burns, and, and I love that about him. You know, quick, athletic, competitive. He, he's grown a little bit, so he's got uh, he, he's got a lot of things that we like in goalies, and, and we're looking forward with with him being a part of what we have going on here. I like obviously I, I've maybe had one or two conversations with him last year at rookie camp, but um, I think the Tigers fans are still trying to get to know him. Um, he seems like the definition of battling adversity. I mean, obviously unpicked in the Bantam draft, he didn't have the greatest stance in Bantam. You know, mid threes goals against, high eight hundred save percentage, but just a great performance last year in the rookie camp and just he's he's smaller goalie but he still has been finding a way to stop the puck uh, in midget and I think that's going to work really well in the WHL. Yeah and, and that's what I'm alluding to as far as the competitiveness and the fire and the drive 
Um, you know, he did, and I think Willie said it best in the release is that he, he does nothing but stop pucks and win. And no matter what gets thrown at him, it, it just doesn't matter. He he finds a way, and that's that's a great trait for not just for a goalie but for any any hockey player. And uh, you know, I, he's he's got Tiger written all over. Him. You mentioned the work that you're doing now after the Bantam draft is completed. Uh, the Tigers selected one goaltender in the entire draft, uh, Zach Sahara, out of the Airdrie Extreme Program there in the eighth round. He's a big kid already, 6'1", 175 pounds. Uh, have you been able to see any tape on him? Any any experience with Zach and overall thoughts there on the kid? Uh, I got to see Zach play quite a few times during the year, so I was, I was familiar with him, and, and Bobby got to see him play a bunch too, so he was familiar also. We like we Zach. We were surprised that he was there and available to us that late so that, that that's a great pick for us to get a goalie of that caliber in that round and, and he's no different than anybody else goalies sometimes take a little bit longer to uh, to develop and bring along but uh, that's that's the point of picking him now that we've picked him we've it's our our job and our responsibility to develop him and try to make sure that he plays for us uh, I guess when you're when you're looking at goalies um, at that young of an age they're still years away from or you know a couple years away from being in the dub uh, what's the main thing that you're looking for in, in that 14, 15 year old kid? Is it the, the fancy stats, the save percentage, the goals against, or is it, you know, something in their game that you see that quite doesn't show on the stat sheet or is it just personality what would it be i think the stats especially at these younger ages can be misleading um i don't think i don't think you can pick a goalie on on the numbers alone there's more to it than than that i know that there's a lot of good goalies on teams that aren't very good like for example zach is a good example of that like he he didn't play on the strongest team so he he faced a lot of rubber uh night in and night out um you know for for myself i like a good athlete and, and i think athleticism is a misunderstood word in goaltending. I think uh, when people hear that word, they think of, you know, goalies doing splits and making desperation saves. But I think, well, when you talk about well-rounded athleticism, I think of strength, I think of power, I think of speed, I think of flexibility, I think of balance and and hand-eye coordination. Those six things, for me, make up athleticism. And obviously, a 14-year-old kid isn't going to possess them all. But if if they show signs and and a chance of being well-rounded in all those things, I think that stands out. The other thing too is is the demeanor too, and then the personality. And for myself, I've had some found some success with guys that are a little bit more calm, a little bit more quiet. And you know, is is that the end all and be all? No, but uh, that that plays into it for sure. Also, they say that you can't teach size and uh, I mean you look at your goaltender this year with Mads his huge frame and uh, I mean even just side note but like all the Ottawa Senators their their organization is stacked with huge goalies and then you look on the other side of the frame with, with a guy like Beckett you mentioned that he's growing into his frame and he's he's starting to build upon that but he's also not you know 6-7 and that's okay because uh, everyone has different skill sets obviously you can't teach size but in terms of athleticism, um, it, it's kind of key to be able to utilize whatever strengths you have. Uh, and both of those gentlemen, I guess, on the other side of the spectrum, are uh, are able to pull everything out of themselves. Yeah, I think I think in in the way the game is today, I think the size is definitely a factor. I think it, that's that's definitely a thing. I for me, I would put the athleticism above the size. Although, like the size is nice to have, but that athletic base and that athleticism is is important to have. You look at Mads, and I think Mads does possess that at the height that he is and then uh you can look at other goalies in the league wolf for example in everett that that's not a very big goalie but that's sure a darn good goalie Mm -hmm. 
you know, and, uh, you know, Poulter in, in uh, Swift is another smaller guy. And I think Poulter's a great goalie. I think that's an example of a goalie that, uh, you know, on, under siege, night in and night out, gave, gave his team a chance to win every night. So um, is the size nice to have? Yes. But is it everything? No. Um, I guess uh, looking ahead to next year, obviously Mads is going to have some options. Um whether he can make the Senators or maybe on a minor league team or maybe back in Europe or maybe he's back with us. But uh, Mads, possibility of Mads. Garen, most likely going to come back. Beckett's going to have a shot to make the team. Evan Fredette, um, you know, that is it a good problem to have to have some really good goalies coming up for next season? It's a great problem. You can never have enough good goalies. I think, uh, you know, there's there's some stuff in this situation that's totally about, out of our control, um, but it's our responsibility to be ready for anything. Um you know, it's no different than if we're talking about the D or if we're talking about forwards or any position. I think it sometimes maybe is magnified a little bit with the goalie because there's only two of them on a team. But it means you've built well from within. It means you have good options and you and you have a good plan of succession. And I think we have that no matter the scenario. You know, just, just the reality of it is, is that there's going to come a day when the sun is going to set on Mads and he moves on. And when that day comes, Bjorks is more than ready to take it over. But the thing that we have to remember, too, is that Bjorklund's day will come too. And when it does, same thing. Somebody needs to be able to take it over and so on and so forth. It's the pipeline, right? And it's it's the fact that this four-year window potentially of teams uh, and most notably your goaltenders, like y- you have to keep stocking and that's why you gra- draft a guy like Zach Zahara and you keep growing even after Zach and it's never ending. No, it's 100, that's 100%. That's 100% right. Like I said earlier, you always have to be one step ahead. I think there's, there's two different options here. You can have option one, you can have the crowded crease or option two, you sit here like we are right now and you think, gee, if a puck is shot towards the net, there is nobody there to stop it from sliding. So I think I, I know that I would rather have, uh, I would go with option one. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I really appreciate Matt for coming on. Uh, we wish you all the best of luck here. Hopefully we get out of this quarantine and uh, we see the Tigers back on the ice come September, even August for rookie camp. Thanks so much you for joining us. You stay though. healthy, guys. Absolutely. Uh, for Matt Wong, Corey Bacoskas, Colby McKee, signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes.